River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. This is Niner Nuts, uh, the uh, Niners podcast about two best buds who are nuts about the Niners. Uh, before we start uh, in with what we're about to do, we'd like to thank uh, Justin Muth for our intro music, which is River Road. Also, our uh, podcast art logo by Daniel Mayer and Mayer Creative. Uh, this episode, well, it's July 25th and uh, camp starts tomorrow. So we are gearing up for the preseason. Dan, uh, how you feeling about that? We are at the dawn of where championships are forged, where champions are born. It all matters right now how seriously everybody takes these grueling weeks of training camp. And I am so excited that uh, literally next week we're going to have the Hall of Fame game and things are finally really getting into football mode. Like, not that I've not had fun, just finding ways to talk about football (laughs) since (laughs) February. But now we're back. It's not kickoff yet. We still have another month of kickoff. But I mean, just even this little taste of it, I'm. It's it's football season pretty much, so I'm I'm ecstatic right now. Yes, and I'm ecstatic too because I love football. And you know, as you guys know, if you've been listening to the show, we've been doing our best to keep interest in our show, um, not only talking about 49ers, but talking about other causes and things like that. Uh, but heading into the season um, is primarily going to be 49er news, and also today, gearing up for the preseason. Uh, we have a guest on from uh, another podcast. Uh, we have Adam from our San Francisco 49ers podcast. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. You got me excited for training camp for sure, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad my pep talk was effective. <laughs> very, very. And so, Adam, before we get started with uh, the gearing up for preseason show, we first like to get you to talk about, you know, your podcast, what it's about, you know, and what, you know, Tell us, you know, what makes your podcast unique in the 49er podcast world? Sure. So <clears throat> I own a podcast production company called Coraggio Media. Coraggio is the Greek word for courage. And <clears throat> so I have a, a number of shows, but the only one that matters today is RSF 49ers, right? So what happened was everyone kind of knows Raj from the tag rsf 49 ers so you can follow raj on instagram where is the most popular where he goes live every five seconds it seems <laughs> and then he's on twitter and, and youtube as well and so i reached out to him because i had my my company about forming a podcast with him because that's the one thing that he doesn't have i feel like he has everything else on lockdown but he actually doesn't have a show like this and so what we've done is we've recorded three shows every the last three Sundays we've recorded and I just threw them up on my YouTube in order to show some of the fans I've sent um, stuff to you guys, you know, just to get it out there at first. And then officially we'll be rocking with, you know, going live for real on, on all platforms the day after or that Monday after the first preseason game 
after we play the Packers. So it's been exciting to formulate kind of the idea of what we want to do, which is I've been reaching out to other podcasters from other NFL teams. So for example, uh, 105.7 in Green Bay, they have a podcast there. And because they're our first opponent, preseason, albeit, I want to have them on our show so that I don't follow the Packers inside and out the way that 105.7 in Green Bay does, right? So I kind of want to know you know, I we know Bakhtari is is out. We you know they're they're great linemen over there. Res, much respect to him, and I'm sad he's out. But other than that, like I don't know major. Oh, did I lose you? No, you didn't lose us. We can hear you. It just hey. froze a little bit. Everybody yeah. drink. Okay. Everybody drink. Skype froze. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> the drinking game. Yep, yep. So, you know, other than Devonte Adams leaving i i can admit i don't know like the the major storylines and so i kind of want to talk to those guys and i assume that it's the same for them why would they be all that interested in the 49ers other than the fact that they can never beat us uh in the playoffs other than that why do they care about us so it would behoove them to have us on their show as well and that's my idea and so whatever team we're playing that week We'll have them on the show for we want to go Wednesday and then Sunday night or Monday, you know, after the game. So we want to drop two shows a week, one uh, midweek to kind of go over, you know, what the plan is and get with the Green Bay guys or get with the Seattle guys. Right. And develop a rapport with them. And and those guys will be our buddies. The more you get to know them and stuff like that'll be super fun. And then the other thing that we want to do is the big thing that is so cool with Raj that a lot of people know is that he is very interactive. So he goes live on Instagram and people ask questions and he goes through and, you know, and and answers questions. And so we want to do that where people can email us questions and then we can kind of go over the pulse of the fans so they can send us questions and we can answer them. And what, what I've been doing to start is I think with you guys, I just asked you guys like, hey, what are some questions that you'd want to ask Raj? And then we put it on the on the show, you know. So those are some of the ideas. We have a couple more that we're brainstorming, but that's how we kind of want to be different and and just give out good Niner content, just like you guys do. I mean, we're we're just part of the Niner Nation, part of the Empire. Part, I mean, we're just part of the family, you know. Good. Sounds like a good show. Uh, we're supporting it. We're su- we've subscribed. So if you're out there listening to us, Niner Nuts Nation, give our San Francisco 49ers a follow, subscribe, and uh, get on board with uh, getting into that show. Because I can tell you, as an Eagles fan, I listen to Bleeding Green Nation, and they do a similar show to that, where they have it's called. Um, you know, talking with the enemy, and basically every week they have another podcast from another uh, from their opponent, and they talk about it. So it'd be awesome. good. I don't think the 49er world has that right now, and so I think that's a good 
that's a good idea to get in on that. I remember thinking like that would be good for us, but we just can't put out that much content, which is well, we we were we were struggling to find much to listen to outside of Matt Mayako. Like, I mean, given we've done much more research since, but um, back in January, it was like we were listening to Matt Mayako or just general around the NFL. So, no, I, I love what you're doing. And the the little the episode that you sent us to to listen to. I listened to it while I was getting ready for dinner and played a little bit of Madden just because I need my fix in the off season. <laughs> and honestly, you guys, you guys have great chemistry and I, I do look forward to listening to your episodes during the season. Definitely. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I do think that I'm blessed in that. I think we really do have good chemistry. We just have fun and we're Niner fans. Of course we have good chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and guys, the show uh, today, what we are doing, gearing up for the preseason. Uh, today, I am going to be a moderator, and I'm going to be asking Dan and Adam questions. Now, they they don't know what questions are going to be asked. So, like... I, I told James, do not tell me questions. Do not... Don't give they, me a heads up. <laughs> they only they only know they only know one question because I wanted them to have time to really think about their answer for it, which that's going to be probably one of our last questions of the day. But these questions, nobody they don't know what's coming, uh, what we're gonna ask or anything like that. And you know, I'm just gonna get started right now uh, with a heavy hitter. Um, you know, so guys, what is your biggest concern going into the season besides Trey Lance? The biggest, uh, say that one more time. The biggest concern you said? Yes. The biggest concern going into the season besides Trey Lance. The biggest concern really. Oh man, I guess my gut is just like punching up at me to to it's not a specific player it's not a specific position group the one thing that i am the most i guess concerned i don't want to like super oversell it because i do feel like we will fix this problem once the season started and we actually see it but because i'm not there in the locker room and i don't know how it's going how are we transitioning without uh mike mcdaniels like Obviously, Kyle is an offensive genius, but um, and then we brought in um, the former Chargers coach. Um, I forgot his name already. Um, uh, remind me. Do you remember who I'm talking about? He was oh, yes, he was um, Lynch. Lynch or no, not Lynch. No. Um, Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> Anthony Lynn from the Chargers. Yep. He was their head coach. Yep. There we go. Uh, we yes, brought in Anthony Lynn. Like we brought in Anthony Lynn, um, but we lost Mike McDaniels and we also lost um our long, our longtime running back coach for um, just for this year, um, but he is kind of long in the tooth, so maybe he'll not miss the field that much. But it's it's missing both of them, I should say. It's missing that running backs coach, and how are we going to going to transition without Mike? Like, are we going to have some kind of offensive play calling bumps in the road early in the season? Um, just are are we going to be able to like hit the ground running uh, offensively? Like, let alone like. We all know Trey is going to start unless he gets hurt during training camp. That's it's without Mike and that running back coach that not being in the locker room and not being on the practice field, seeing how it's going. That's that's my biggest concern right now. 
Okay, good. What about you, Adam? Do you sort of agree? Do you have a different concern? Or what are your thoughts of um, what Dan just said? So I don't disagree at all. My only take on what he said is I'm glad that these moves were made a long time ago and they weren't made September 1st and we're just like scrambling. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I definitely, that, that is a big plus. You know, I have faith that because that situation was was made um, a while ago that uh, I think we can. I think we should be OK as my neighbor is mowing their lawn. <laughs> I was going to ask, is that a bike or? <laughs> so that's always nice. So at least he's going to have a nice lawn for us to look at later. Uh, so, so my concern is a little bit different because of our history. Everyone is supposed to say health, but what they don't understand is that the 49ers the last two years have led the league in games missed by starters and it's not even close it the the per the the team that's in second place is 80 games away from from us so when i say that injuries were a big deal every team every team not named the los angeles rams can say oh injuries but what i'm telling you is that it's it's a different animal with us to the point where it makes me wonder like guys who are these trainers what are we doing like how are these players before it was well covid and they weren't ready to go but still we missed more games the starters missed more games than any other team and it was not close and so that's a concern because you can't keep leading the league in games missed by starters you cannot do it and we went to the NFC Championship game and was a Jaquiski Tart interception away from probably winning the Super Bowl because we had already beat the Bungles before, including two times in the Super Bowl. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, if we're healthy, I'm not concerned about anything. I'm concerned <laughs> about the, the size of their fingers. So like Steph Curry point yeah. to that ring finger oh. like that oh my that's God. my concern I, yeah I, so i couldn't agree more with that like james if you don't remember um not i mean yes we were we had some notable injuries last year but my god the the new york jets game in 2020 oh my god i don't want to talk about it. i don't want to talk so about it. <laughs> literally like flies and we still wiped them by 30 <laughs> Every other at what cost though? Every other play, Bosa tears his ACL. Thomas tears his ACL. Sherman, Jimmy rolls his ankle. Sh everybody and everyone's is out. It's unbelievable. And it's all lower leg injuries. Was out. I mean, every major position from Jimmy was out. The top wide receiver Debo was out. The tight end Kittle was out. We had offensive linemen out. We had Bosa out. We had the linebackers out. Warner out. We had Sherman out. War. We had every major. Our long snapper, hey, he was good to go, guys. He was healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the holder but, for special yeah. teams and the gunner, hey, man, they were good. But everyone else was out. And yeah. we still we still won, what, five, six games? I mean, we still were competitive. I mean, my parents went to that Monday night football game with Mullins that we lost to the Giants, I believe. And 
they couldn't believe how competitive the game was, how excited everyone was to be in the stadium. And I mean, Monday night football has a little bit to do with that, but I just remember thinking like, good for, good for us, man. We are, you, you can't plan on 14 position players being out. You just, everyone says, Oh, injuries are part of the game, but the team that leads the league by that much when it's a gap, Nah, that's not a thing. You can't. It, you're it was allowed to use that excuse. It was akin to what the Ravens went through last year. Like even I, it, the same, if not worse, than what the Ravens went through. Like James, 2020 was an absolute disaster from week three to the end of the year. Like we were fine until we went to New York. <laughs> so so yeah, you you got this concern about injuries, and you, you know you you said that you know your lead you led the league. In this, and so I'm going to ask you because the Eagles were, I believe, at the bottom of that list, and I want to get your gauge on this because this is a lot of controversy in Philadelphia as to what the Eagles are doing during training camp. And so, you know, uh, one of the things that the Eagles did, and one of the reasons probably why they had less injuries during the season was they practiced less in the preseason. And they did not start any starters during the preseason game. So would you guys, you know, be willing, you know, to give up on practice time for maybe getting maybe a little bit slower start and have less injuries and less games missed by the starters? Or would you rather have them practice and just go and start off with a better start and end up, you know, finishing you know, the season with some injured people or things like that, which would you guys rather have if I'm going to follow up with this? I well, mean, I, I would just be concerned with, like, kind of the inverse of that. Like, I, I don't know the whole science. I, I'm not a physical therapist or a sports um, doctor. I don't, it's bad with the right term. But the experience I've had with sports is that, let's just take a warm-up. If you don't warm up and you go run a, run a lap on the track you're going to cramp everything's going to feel tight so that would be my concern is if i i mean i trust your evidence that the eagles might have benefited from like less intense practices but like an absence of practices i'm not entirely on board with i think you need to keep the body like limber a little bit you gotta do something well, I mean, they're going from, you know, a lot of teams are doing like 18 to 20 practices during preseason. And the Eagles are only doing 14. And if we know what coaches do, like we just saw Mike McCarthy uh, get fined $100,000 for going over the limit and pushing the limit too far. What the Eagles do is they're at 14 practices and they really don't get close to pushing the limit of how long those practices can be. Like they, you know, if the limit is an hour and a half, they maybe go an hour and, you know, and maybe hour and 15 minutes, but they don't, they don't try to head towards that hour and 30 minutes to maximize the practice. Like, you know, they're sort of shortening practices, the ones that they have, and they're also doing, you know, I mean, they're not doing a ton less, but, you know, just limiting okay. how many practices are going on to sort of save the players. And then also, like I said, they're not playing any starters during the preseason. Like, all starters sit during the preseason. I I kind of think that... <clears throat> excuse me. It's 
the one time that you would do that, then Kittle turns an ankle getting into his car. Like there's injuries will happen. Freak things will happen no matter, no matter what. Um, Are you giving yourself less chance to be injured by only doing 14 practices where other teams are doing 18 or whatever? Yes. But then in that, one of those 14 practices though, you could still, but so it's a numbers game, but I do think you do need to have that time. Some teams need more time than others. And I will say teams like the New York jets, um, teams, the lions, the lions. And, and I don't even mean teams that are per se bad. I'm not saying that I'm saying, look at their roster and their newer, younger players. Look at, the guys that they have the Dallas Cowboys. I have no love what for whatsoever for them, but they're not one of those teams that need, they have a coach that's been there, done that. They have guys that have been there, done that. They don't need a ton of time. The Eagles, I feel like they're middle of the road. They have some young guys. They have some new guys. Um, I would be excited if I was an Eagles fan for sure based on what you have coming in and things like that. And the maturation of Jalen Hurd, your quarterback, should be, you would think, phenomenal. And I would be excited if if I was an Eagles fan. And so I guess it's either way for them. I get that. But I just – I don't know what is happening and what is in the water in Santa Clara where our guys just by week four are are hurt. I'm not – so I'm just really like crossing my fingers on the injury bug this year. If we can just maintain. Now you look at the running back position, the defensive line position, my God, we're stacked. And so maybe if, if the roster fills out, we'll see who makes the team and we can have some depth, then maybe you feel good about, okay, injuries are part of the game. You know, Debo goes down. Well, we have a speedster that we just brought in. Maybe he does well, or, you know, there's, there's things that, you know, at the linebacker position were, were really good there too. So it's hard to say, but man, I can understand an argument for both, but I'm more with Dan, like they still need to be out there a little bit, you know, I want to, I want to put my last two cents on this and then we can go to the next question. I want to put on, call it a conspiracy hat, but, um, because I, I talked to my my dad about this because my dad's a, a high school football coach, but still a football coach. So I trust his two cents when it comes to things like this. Sure. And he and he, the first thing that he asked wasn't the condition of the turf at New York in that game specifically um, or the conditions of like the grass, because, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Turf's not safer than grass. We generally know that. But he put a bug in my ear about what the players are putting into their bodies. So when are we going to interview the nutritionists and the, 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 the body, the nutrition scientists and those people that are teaching them how to stay hydrated, how many calories to put inside them, how, how much of, of this, how much of that, those, those people, he just asked if they were questioned to the same degree that the groundskeepers were or the physical trainers were. So I maybe it's a long shot. Maybe they are perfectly qualified and perfectly fine. But if they're not putting in the right 
kind of nutrition to maintain the muscle mass and the, the, the tendon strength and all that could be a factor into it. I mean, I just, like I said, could be a conspiracy hat thing, but it made me, yeah. it made me, it made me think. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, that's one of the things, like, if you look, I, I guess at Tom Brady, you know, he's, he's got a regimented diet and all of that and is insane with food. So, you know, that could be somewhere to look, but ultimately as a nutritionist, you could tell a guy to do something and he could ignore you. You know, he still, he still acts like T.O. and eats McDonald's every day. <laughs> well, that was Chad Johnson. Oh, Johnson. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know what these guys, you can't, you can't sit there every single day making meals for these guys, you know, for every single player on the 53 man roster, you're going to tell them, Hey, you may want to stay away from these foods, these foods, and you know, they're going to end up, eating whatever the hell they want and so i think that's a little bit Fair. yeah tougher to monitor so Fair. like um, i said it was a theory <laughs> yeah but going on um you know adam i don't know if you listen to the show but we have a segment called jimmy b's long shots and so i like to give out odds and you know on betting odds and so my question is for you guys you have a hundred dollars to bet and you can only bet on one of these bets with the whole hundred dollars what are you betting on are you betting on bosa to win defensive player of the year at plus 1500 are you betting on trade lance to win mvp at plus 5000 or debo samuel to win offensive player of the year at plus 1000 you uh i'll open the uh you you take the floor first i want to hear your thoughts so um this is very easy to me um bosa bosa for defensive player i think i think the guy is an all-out animal and he's healthier he has said that he's in the best shape of his life and that would terrify me if i was on the offensive line and the thing is we all we happen to have the best offensive lineman in the game and it's proven in the madden ratings so what that means is there is no offensive lineman that can hang with him. And I think that the officials have been able to see some of last year's games in which, I mean, there's a, a Twitter handle called Bosa was held. I don't know if you guys <laughs> follow him, on Twitter, but it is that bad. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to make that up. I'm not making that up. That's a real Twitter handle. Oh, Bosa that's amazing. Was held. Yeah, cool. isn't it? And what I'm saying is I don't think they'll be able to hold him the way that they had as he was recovering. And I think the guy is a monster. He can get you a couple even interceptions. He can just make some of those plays. And I would more so say that he would be that guy over first over Trey. We can't put that on him to be, you know, a monster like that quite yet. And and Debo. I don't think we'll get the same amount of touches because the reason why he unfollowed the team and made a big fuss for that half a second that he did was I think he recognized that the league is different now and you can't give a man the ball 40 times. He just breaks down Derek Henry. I mean, you just can't, you just can't do that. It's not, it's different. Guys are just built different. And 
I'm, they're definitely not soft. I'm not saying that, but the game is different in that you have freaks of nature on on defense. Dick Buckus, one of the best players ever to play, was not a freak of nature. He was a fat guy. Like, <laughs> like it's just different. Like you have guys that are just they out of this world tackling you, hitting you. It, it's just different, and he cannot take that amount of hits. Debo Samuel has never played a full 16 slash now 17 game season. He has never completed a full season. And a lot of people that don't follow the team religiously or are just casual fans do not know that. And that's a big deal. So I think it's Bosa and it's not close. Okay. Dan, what do you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I agree that Trey is just not that's not happening with Trey. I that's that's an insane bet for anybody to make. Like let's keep expectations reasonable with them. I mean, but it, uh, I mean, but if you hit look you, at those you, odds. I mean, but if you hit, you get fifty thousand dollars. You get fifty thousand dollars. You should. You should you, you should. should get more. You should get more. Well that's yeah. that's the longest shot on here. You know, Debo, you know, I probably could have picked a better one than Lance MVP, but I sort of wanted to give that, throw that one in there. But Dan, I mean, so what? So okay, we're throwing Lance out. So you, you got Bosa at plus fifteen hundred or Debo at plus one thousand. Uh, I not because of the numbers, and I completely respect your argument that Bosa more than deserves to be in that conversation. More of this is more of my pick for Debo, is is just from the fact that. The voters gave Bosa absolutely no respect when it came to and it, it was a different category, but the fact that he was not even at the dinner table to be considered comeback player of the year last year, coming off of an ACL tear after two games, and then he has 15 and a half sacks and what, 26 or seven tackles for loss. He was a monster last year. Not an ounce of consideration. So, I mean, maybe I'm just a little jaded at that, and maybe the voters actually pay attention to him, and then I have egg on my face. But well, if he has 25 sacks, Dan, I'll tell you they'll have to they'll have to pay. <laughs> True. I I would love for him to be in the conversation. I I want that to be the outcome. But like, if I have to bet a hundred dollars, like right now, my my gut is telling me that Debo is going to be more likely, but. To, to exactly what you were saying and probably why this contract is being held up is he probably wants it in writing that I am going to spend 97, if not 100% of this game, running routes, and I will run exclusively one run from the backfield, if not zero. Like I'm, I, That is probably why this contract hasn't been finalized yet and pay him, what, $25 million or however many he's probably going to get made or probably going to make, but... My but I mean, pers- like, it's I, yeah. I, I completely respect your argument, though. And he really it's just the how the voting went last year makes me feel less inclined to if I had to in this hypothetical put money on Debo's or put money on Bosa. So, sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I, I would have pushed back, but we're sort of, you know, we've made it a half an hour into the show already and I have so many more questions. So let's uh, get to it. I love rapid, it. I love rapid, it. Rapid, well, rapid fire. 
<laughs> well, the thing about it is we got to take a little break for our sponsors. Uh, guys, if you're in the Melbourne, Florida area, reach out to Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. When I was shopping for a home in the Rockledge, Florida area, I told Ali how much I wanted to pay for a house. And she respected my price range and did not try to persuade me to go above my budget. She's a great realtor that will get you into a house you love at a price you can afford. That's Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. That's 321-698-4692. Okay, guys, uh, back to the questions. Uh, I apologize for being so excited. I will keep my answers more concise. <laughs> no, 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 this is great because, you know, I can, you know, I, I can probably just stick with like the more important questions um and, and i can promise absolutely the opposite i will not <laughs> <laughs> it's okay guys it's, you know we got we got time to fill out you know and you know the purpose of having so many questions is that we fill that time it's better to have more questions than not enough so uh, i'm gonna try going with this one uh okay guys if the 49ers say poop the bed this season who will the scapegoat be? John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Trey Lance, or someone else? Who you got? I, I feel like it's the. I feel like it's. I feel like it's going to be John most likely because John's ultimately who pulled the trigger on the trade trade, and if Trey's the reason that we crap the bed versus having another injury plague like we did before. John made the uh, the he makes the personnel decisions. He um, he very much takes Kyle's opinion very seriously, and Kyle has a seat at that table. But ultimately, the guy that puts the pen to paper and makes the decisions is the decider. Two thousand four call, and they want that joke back. Um, <laughs> uh, it's John. I who else would be the scapegoat? It's it it's the GM. Like unless Kyle completely forgets how to coach, like it, it's gonna uh. be him. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. And the debacle that is this Jimmy Trey thing is a black scar on the freaking team right now. And it's frustrating because we've been talking about this for way too long. And they botched this and they completely botched it. And if anything goes south, it doesn't matter if nine defensive players get hurt and and Trey does fantastic it doesn't matter because this has blown out of what it needed to be and we should have gotten rid of Jimmy a long time ago if if they knew that Trey was their guy I'm not one of those guys that is a Jimmy hater and I'm not one of those guys that says we should get rid of him what I am saying is we should get rid of him based on other decisions that were made if you're going to trade up give up the farm and get your guy then it doesn't make sense and look at what the eagles did they got rid of their guy because they had their other guy well take a page out of silver lining playbook isn't that a movie about the eagles fans yes it's a, it's a movie about eagles fans but okay then I you get, asked that I so get, casually I, to this i get fan. i get what i get what you're saying is and if you remember i'm going to say this if you remember how that all went down uh carson wentz didn't get traded until maybe june i, I mean i know we're in july 
and he wanted all he wanted to he wanted to go to the Colts. He wanted to go to the Colts. That was the only people that he wanted to go to. He didn't want to go anywhere else. He did say he did say them specifically the whole time. Yes, he pushed for the Colts. The only place that he wanted to play because of Frank Reich. Because of Frank uh, Reich. Okay. Yeah. Dude, sorry. That's his guy, yeah. So so the Eagles wanted certain compensation for that, and they felt he was worth a number one pick. Now, the Colts are the only people in the conversation, so this takes a lot. But they were able to eventually get a number one pick for taking on some of his salary, and it was also conditional on his playing time. If Carson Wentz was one and seven and they were going to poop the bed— you know, they weren't going to get a first-round pick because they'd be pulling wins. So, I mean, personally, like, the Jimmy G trade for me, you know, is Jimmy G, you know, won some playoff games, you know, and is he as talented as Carson wins? Maybe not, but I don't think, you he's know... He's a better decision-maker. He's a better decision-maker, you know, and a second-round pick for Jimmy G you know, I think is is reasonable. And, you know, if the only team involved is one team, you can still make that happen. You know, there's ways to distribute money. There's ways to make the draft pick conditional, you know, to make it get to a second round pick. Now, when we first heard reports, it was two second round picks. But, you know, if you want to make you know, if you can make those conditional under any type of circumstances and figure it out. And so, like, maybe that's where the language is going here. But, you know, as we've seen, we don't, you know, there are places where Jimmy could go and be successful. It's just that none of those teams want to give up anything for Jimmy G. And that's the problem. They got nobody wanting to give up anything of significance for Jimmy G. And so if he gets cut, he'll have plenty of suitors. But the fact that I think the 49ers, you know, want, you know, a a second round, you know, and they really don't have anybody who's willing to pay that, even though he's probably worth it, um, that contract is pretty much what's holding it up. And I don't think the 49ers want to eat all the contract. And so, so there's that. But if they wanted a second round pick and wanted to eat some of the contract, I believe they could get it. But they're just not willing. I don't think they're willing to take on the money, give keep the money. So I, heard that, a, I heard a rumor that the Falcons allegedly it's the rumor mill, but I did happen to see somebody say that the Falcons were consider or had it on the table a second and the fifth very recently. Now that we know that his shoulder's fine, I guess my bonus question: I don't think that's a bad trade at this rate, honestly. Jimmy's definitely worth a second. I a first is just out the window. And to take and to take exactly what you were saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You you don't make a move like swapping first and then giving up two without having a better plan in place and are willing to make more compromises. You can't you can't do that kind of trade and then also expect somebody to give up a first for Jimmy. That was just an unreasonable expectation. Like yeah. the way it's played out now. Yeah. And you know, Adam, I don't know if you have any more to say on this, but personally for me, like if they got a second and a fifth, you could make that fifth conditional on playing times on wins or whatever. 
to get the deal done if you want it to be higher than a fifth. You're getting a second and you're getting an extra pick, getting, you know, making some sort of conditions on it to get to what you want it isn't really too hard to do. And um, but that's my personal. Adam, do you have any final thoughts on this? I, I think uh, the Falcons are going to stick with Desmond Ritter is my personal take. And I think Ooh, that, over Mariota. I, I think that eventually he's going to he's going to be their guy. Yeah. Um, I don't think Mariota is the guy. And I think they're high on Ritter. But even you saying that even is even more reason why I don't think they'll get Jimmy because they have two guys that it's not like they're the Green Bay Packers or Dallas Cowboys or uh, the Buccaneers or a team that was like pretty close. The Falcons have a long way to go. Jimmy's not going to solve their problems. The fact that they picked a tight end number three overall is their issue. Not the fact that they don't have a a Jimmy. They don't have a lot of guys. (laughs) So they need to still build a roster. They're not, I just don't think they're, they're going to get, uh jimmy garoppolo uh and i think that jimmy is going to remain on the team and he's going to ask for his release and eventually we may bite the bullet and that's why i'm so frustrated over this situation and that's all i have to say yeah remind me me how much we have to actually eat if we just outright release him is it the full 25 i I think so man i i i i it's insane no, I, I haven't done my due diligence on that if we do, but I've I've heard that same thing that we might just yeah just say screw it, which god oh my god, if we do that after all this mess, I yeah. What's the next question? I'm tired of thinking of that. <laughs> all right, all right, okay guys. So the next question is what veteran do you think is on the bubble? Why? And will he make the fifty-three man roster? So three questions, but all tied into Basically, one thing. What veteran do you think is on the bubble? Does D? F- okay, I, I I think we should not consider D Ford since he's already like I thought. D Ford was going to have been released already by now. Why? I don't know why they're still holding up D Ford, but that would be my answer if it wasn't already obvious that we're going to cut him. Um, I'll let I'll let you start with your answer. I need to think for a second. <laughs> I know I was going through. You know, like who has some talent that can do some things when healthy, but just, and is not, but he's not necessarily. Uh, my head, uh, my head's kind of going to McGlinchey, but I mean, he's still like, we kind of need him. Like he's yeah. been underperforming, but we need him. Yeah. I, I'm more um, thinking uh, hasty and. Um, okay. But he's not, when you say on the bubble, he's on the, who cares? Like he's like fourth uh, running back right now, I think. Yeah. And, and I just think we're high on, on who we drafted. And I think Jeff Wilson gets, gets a decent shot. And, and so I think that finds hasty kind of on the outside looking in, but again, what did he really, it's not that big a deal. So that's a terrible answer is, is what I feel like, but I'm just going through in my head, like maybe Adrian, maybe Colbert, Maybe if Colbert can't match what Ward and Mosley, if he can't step up to be the slot receiver, excuse me, the slot guy to replace Williams or prove that he can be on the outside. If um, right, right. Maybe Colbert. I that's a that's a really tough question. That's a testament to how deep our roster is, too. If you think that's about what it. I'm saying, too. Yeah. Our D line. I mean, there's maybe there's. I mean, 
No, I like all our. I like all of them. Hyder, <laughs> uh, really Hyder, we just Hyder's just got to prove himself. I mean, he, but we we signed him assuming Hyder would play as good as he did in twenty because he was one of the highlights that we still had after all the injuries. So right, right. I that doesn't really count in the specific scenario. Um, yeah, that's the best answer I have is Hasty. <laughs> I I guess McGlinchey's mine because he's the one guy that stands out as the or maybe Compton if we or uh, unless we cut Compton I can't remember but I, I I don't know it's one of our veteran offensive linemen that that's just got to I don't know McGlinchey is the first one that came to my mind. So do you think either one of the like Dan do you think your guy and Adam do you think your guy will eventually make the fifty three man roster? Oh, uh, McGlinchey's a lock. Yeah. Yeah, McGlinchey is a lock. I think Hasty does not make the team, but I just don't think it matters. Right. <laughs> right. You know, maybe ultimately it doesn't matter, but I thought... <laughs> but I think uh, he doesn't make the team. I don't think he makes it. Maybe pra- maybe practice squad or he uh, someone takes a yeah. flyer on him on the waivers. And I just don't think there's a need for him on any other team. And I, yeah, I think he'll be on the practice squad. And then if guys get hurt, he knows the system. He, you know, I've never heard anything negative about him in the locker room. It wouldn't be bad if 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 he made the team based on an injury or got, you know, got the call up to the big leagues, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't right. be bad. But it's just it's such a ho hum thing that, that it's just. Oh, like, um, we didn't re-sign Sanu, did we? Because Sanu just came to my mind. I think we I think we let him walk though after last year, right? Yeah, I believe so as well. So, yeah, he would be. Um, Sanu would be like the fifth or sixth receiver right now. Yeah. Which we got, receivers that just makes me upset too because I just think of Jalen Hurd and the and Sanu too just how Jalen Hurd really... had so God I remember watching his college highlights he had oh my gosh. such potential which highlights were they running back or or wide receiver <laughs> or both <laughs> little both yeah man pretty God. cool and then oh James this, so bad this... that guy. This receiver literally tore his ACL twice in two years and had a back injury in the middle. Like, God, this, oh, guy, this guy literally went through the ringer with injuries. And, and he was like a Debo. He right. was he was in, he was insane. His, his college highlights were insane. Oh, OK. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't follow the 49ers like that. That sounds like it'd be. We kept him on IR out. basically for two and a half years and finally cut the cord. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so so goes football. All right, on to the next question. Okay, what rookie are you most excited about heading into camp? Man, that's a good question. Uh, honestly, I'm kind of excited to see. I'm honestly excited to see uh, if Gray can make a mark off the bat. If he can step up in that crowded wide receiver room, and that dude um, is so fast, man. I, I think he can be the fifth guy. And get mixed in on on second and eighteen. Like whenever we lose yards on first down, and we and we need something, a quick hitter, or you know, to run a fourteen yard route and bring up third and short, or or something like that. Throw him in, have have him have like a package. He doesn't need to know the whole offense, especially with Trey. You're gonna have an extensive package probably, but dude the camp I, battle between him and Juwan Jennings that's going to be one we need to keep an eye out on Juwan Jennings is an x factor in general for the whole season because that guy the way he stepped up you talk about confidence going into a season after having the final month that he did 
he has to be on cloud nine and he has to be like itching to hit that field ready to prove that he is that guy not the first four weeks of the season guy oh yeah he's an x factor so i'm gonna throw out a wild card because i got to see some of his games in college not knowing that the 49ers would draft him and his position is quarterback and i want to see if he has any kind of flash because we need a backup it ain't going to be jimmy it isn't what i'm thinking and i do not like nate sudfeld so don't don't blame you there (laughs) and as you and i know we live in the state where sudfeld went to college we so we know some of his i was going to say highlights but i'll call them lowlights uh highlights don't come out of iu let's be real so Unless you're Antoine Randall L, I'm not really too high on on IU. Uh, and so I'm kind of <laughs> interested to see, like, okay, we pick up this quarterback. You know, he played in the Big 12, and, like, he ha- he's shown some flashes and stuff. And it's like, okay, like, you kind of joke and say it was a throwaway pick. But every team needs a decent backup, I mean, that can handle themselves and make a few plays. I mean, Mullins and uh, Bethard were not, they just, no disrespect, but they just weren't those guys. They they weren't even backup quarterbacks in the NFL. They didn't, you know, and I don't think Nate Suffield is even a backup quarterback. He needs to wear street clothes and hold a clipboard. Pay yeah, him 250000 and that's fine. Yeah, so, that's, uh, yeah, I, I watched Nate Suffield because he was on the Eagles for a little bit. And one thing, you know, he had the gunslinger, uh, you know, mentality. He just wasn't good at being a gunslinger. Let's <laughs> just say that. Like, he would throw it deep into double coverage, you know, trying to make a throw. And it so that's why that's uh, why that's that really my wild me. card that pick. That, that's <laughs> the only reason why I say that is because it was something that people don't think about. And yet it's important. It's almost like special teams and Green Bay. You look at how bad they were in that playoff game against us at home. And I can't imagine being a Packer fan, watching them on special teams, thinking it's not that hard, guys. You're on the field for 7% of a game. You can't get this right. You ruined the season. Special teams single-handedly cost the Green Bay Packers. This isn't a Green Bay Packers show, so that's all I'll say. And our special teams going into that game weren't much better. <laughs> no, and but we crushed it, though. It was awesome. So that's my point is you need something like that, and you don't think about it until all of a sudden you need it. So if Jimmy's gone, let's say, let's say I eat my words and he goes to the Falcons. Okay, then we have Trey, and he gets hurt. Now what? Now ask me that question. Who's Who am I excited to see? Well... <laughs> then, yeah, the quarterback position is a big deal. <laughs> You're not excited to see Brock Purdy, you know? <laughs> in general, <laughs> in general, I'm not, and that's fair. But what I'm saying is, hey, in preseason, I hope he just crushes Sudfield, though. Because if he doesn't, then I'm sad. Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't look good then. <laughs> the only other... The only other better coach he could have is if Bruce Arians unretired or if he uh, 
God, uh, I forgot where Pep Hamilton is, but if he had Pep Hamilton whispering into his ear or like if he's going to succeed, like this is this is the moment like <laughs> he's got a he's got about the best coach you can have to hit the ground running if he's going to succeed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and Dan, I say that in jest, but yeah. <laughs> Dan, so Dan, so what's have you thought of your rookie? Uh, I said Gray. Gray, okay, gotcha. I, yeah, I, I want to see Gray. I want to see Gray hit the ground running. I, I, I think it's going to be a really exciting wide receiver battle at camp. Um, I, I guess. I mean, I will see. I would say our, I would say our edge rusher that we drafted. Um, but I, I don't know the getting some energy in that wide receiver room. I, I mean, we talked about it before. I am so jazzed at just the thought of Ayuk and Debo being the one-two. And then, like you said, Juwan Jennings, December and January. Oh my X, God, X he was he was amazing in playoffs. So I don't know. I'm and plus Kittle, basically just a wide receiver too at this rate that can run somebody over and pancake him. Like we should have one of the best receiver cores next year. We really should. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So. Uh, we're getting to a certain point where I'm going to basically have to skip most of the rest of the questions and go right to the one that I prepared you guys for. Who is on your 49er Mount Rushmore? So that's let our guests go first. I, <laughs> mine, I'm I'm mildly embarrassed at how pedestrian it might sound. So <laughs> I want to hear what yours is first. <laughs> no, m I mean, mine is going to be there's I, I really don't think there's going to be anything mind blowing uh, about mine because there's the two quarterbacks that you have to, you know, automatically the ones that won you the Super Bowls, you know, that's that's a no brainer that you don't even have to mention. And so young in Montana, right, is like right off the top. So yeah. then then right off the top has to be what's crazy is Joe Montana and Steve Young collectively, and I'm serious, collectively do not even add up to when you combine their efforts and say who's the greatest football player to ever – put on a helmet to ever lace up his shoes, the greatest football player. It's not Jim Brown. It's not, it's Jerry Rice and it's not close because, yeah. be, because of the sheer dominance in every stat, Jim Brown had touchdowns, but he didn't have yards. Barry Sanders had this, but he didn't have that. Gail Sayers, Walt, like whatever you want to say, Johnny Unitas, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, whatever you want to say, Tom Brady does not lead every stat for as long as he's played. Drew Brees has him in this. Peyton has him in this. He or whatever it is. But Jerry Rice, and it's not close. It, the next guy, it's not even in the realm. I saw a, a Dallas Cowboy fan page that had the great 88s, and it was Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, CeeDee Lamb, and uh, Drew Pearson. All right. Four guys solid i'm not talking down on those guys their touchdowns when you add them when you add them up was 198 
four, four really good receivers did not have the total of what one guy does. And then you look at receptions and you look at, I mean, the way he, he changed the game to yards after catch, that wasn't a thing. Lynn Swan would catch the ball and just go right down. Like these guys, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. And Jerry Rice, we talk about the, the yak boys, the yak brothers, Ayuk and Debo and the, that none of that would have happened if Jerry Rice didn't do that. So when you, when you think of the Mount Rushmore, yes, the quarterback position, those two, but Jerry Rice is so far ahead. It's not even funny and it's laughable of how good Steve Young and Joe Montana are. So those three, no one can argue or they're kicked out of the world. Like, nope, you just have to die if you disagree with those three, right? Right. So, and then- uh, I disagree. <laughs> Wait till you hear mine, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoken like a so, not a non-Niners fan. Gotcha. So, far, I'm, so far, I'm the same. I'll just jump the gun. So far, I'm the same. I, I have two. I have- I have one person that seems kind of obvious, but I wanted to rotate because it's not a player. So I have a backup player. So well, who's your fourth and I'll do my two. Well, so that also, so Bill Walsh for what he did creating the engine that could and seeing that offense and understanding that every single team, not just, 18% 18% of the league or or 20 teams or no every single team has plays that were drawn that were drawn by Bill Walsh. Yeah. I don't know if you can say every team in the NBA runs a play that Phil Jackson made or I don't know if you can say every you know what I mean like yeah it, it doesn't go the same way but I can legit tell you that Bill Walsh has plays in every team plays book and every, yeah. you know, every single team. So sprint he's right on option. there. Sprint right and, option, right? Bill Walsh I mean, invents sprint right option. Yep. And that's a staple in every, every passing offense that there is today. You know, what are we talking about? 30 years after he invented that play, that is still in everybody's playbook, sprint right option. And if you have a left-handed quarterback, sprint left option when you ran it with Steve Young. But that's in everybody's playbook. You're right. You're absolutely right. Sprint, you know, that's just one of the many plays that are, are still we'll just, we'll just carve him right up there. Yep. I mean <laughs> the, the West the concept, the West Coast <laughs> offense, the concept is still used by every team at some point. So and then there's hardly uh, a coach in football that has left as lasting a legacy like like you're alluding to outside of maybe like outside of the outside of the evil emperor really I so so Adam <laughs> you got you got Montana Young Rice and Walsh okay Dan you have Montana Young Rice and if I I I, I mimicked it exactly but i did come up with a backup player and it's a little selfish and maybe people would accuse me of being kind of recency bias but i'm designing this mount rushmore and i think he deserves to be up there because i love him i think patrick willis defining how to be a linebacker in modern times erlacher can suck it i (laughs) (laughs) i i pat the the blessing that we had I, i wish we had more better teams for Patrick to have been on. And I wish we won that Super Bowl for him because he retired 
far, far too soon after that. I He's doing very, very well, and he's very, very happy in his life right now. Yep. But I, God, I wish we got him that ring so he could have that in his retirement. But he was a phenomenal legendary player. I, I'm assuming he's on the all 2010s team, uh, or if not the all 2000s team, I can't remember. But I... This is my Mount Rushmore, and I want Patrick Willis up there if we needed all players and we take Bill Walsh out of it. Yeah, well, and, and mine was Ronnie Lott. Hey, there you go. That's the, a good the guy, one. I would, Ronnie Lott was fifth on mine. So, of course, I have Montana and Rice and Walsh up there with you guys. My fourth was Ed DeBartolo Jr., uh, the owner with five championships. See, like, I didn't even think of putting the owner on there. I was thinking coaches and players. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fair. That's fair, though. Yeah. That's that's where that's where I would put the route Rushmore because you know a lot of you know there are a lot of owners that don't get involved with teams or don't do things that help teams win. But DeBartolo was one of those owners that knew when to meddle and when not to meddle, and. You look at the fact that the 49ers, I believe it was in the 80s, won 18 straight road games. And people say, like, how did they even do that? Well, one of the reasons was because Ed DeBartolo Jr. first made sure the players were flying first class. You know, not economy, not coach. They were flying first class. And two, each player on the road had their own hotel room. They did not do the roommate thing to save money. He made sure they they had their own hotel room. And that was a big reason because when you hear players talk about that 18-game road winning streak, they credit those things as being one of the key key contributors as to the fact of how they could do that. And that's an Ed DeBartolo thing. And plus he has five championships. So like, I like for me, like, you know, that that's where I would put it. I would, you know, I would take Young off and put Ed DeBartolo there. Ooh, ooh, that's I a mean, that's a heck of a hot take to replace Young with him. But I, I mean, I, he's got the he's got the resume. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Now that now that we're at 903, we can go to the very last question. And this is sort of like a fun question, um, you know, I actually had two fun questions, but, you know, if we get to the second one, maybe, but I'm going to go with, so guys, you know, we're coming up onto the season. What are your game day rituals for you guys? Nice. <laughs> oh, I love it. You're going to hate, you're going to, or no, I won't. You say, you say yours. I have a slight caveat with mine, so I'll, I'll let you go first. So I have a couple different ones because uh, when you like a team that gets so many primetime games because they're just so good, you have two separate, you know, different traditions. Because if you play Sunday at four o'clock Eastern, uh, it's different than if you play the Monday night game or the Sunday or Thursday night game. <laughs> And wow. so I'm just telling you, it's just different, man. So Sunday <laughs> is I go usually with my folks and that are they are complete diehard fans. Like my mom watches like here's what's funny. I went to my mom over a lot of people 
on the podcast that I shared with you guys, uh, I shared with her first <laughs> because she is that like she'll YouTube stuff that the NFL network puts out or, and she'll say, can you believe that? Like Dan Graziano said, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, mom. <laughs> so, uh, we go to a local bar that has an insane huge TV that's just amazing, and the food's good. They know us there. One of the managers is a Seahawks fan. We love to go at it. It's just fun. Some of my friends will meet up because they, their TV situation is so good that not only do they have a big one, big one, but they have a lot of big ones around it, and, and so they'll show multiple games. And what we know is about the 4 o'clock hour, there isn't as many games as the one o'clock hour. So it's fun to recap the one o'clock games and then get in for the four o'clock Niner game. And then if it's the one o'clock game, we obviously just get there three hours earlier and, and watch. But on night games, it's just it's more fun because if it's a Sunday night game, you get to watch the other games in peace and just kind of make fun of all the teams that lost and just kind of do your thing. And then you gear up and get snacks and your checks mix and stuff. And because it's on at home, you can pretty much watch it at home. And so um, unless it's over a holiday or something, then I'll go out with people like uh, for the Titans game, you know, that was around Christmas. So that was a different situation, but definitely get all the snacks, get the wings and and all that stuff. Those are kind of my, my go-tos, but it's always a blast because there's a lot of 49er fans in the state of Indiana, as Dan can attest to. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh my God. When uh, my current my current work situation gets it, definitely don't probably shouldn't say who they are on my <laughs> my current work situation has me working on Sundays. Uh, so I miss one o'clock entirely. But like you're saying, that doesn't really matter half the time because we're in prime time or we're at four o'clock, except maybe once. <laughs> so, uh, but. I when I was in Florida, when I lived in Florida, that was like my peak, like uh, right before kickoff. I'm of the one o'clock game because I can just have that in the background. I'm grilling. I'm grilling burgers or uh, usually burgers. I did chicken a couple times, but like I'm grilling burgers, have a nice lunch, pop in and out of the one o'clock game. And then when we usually play at four o'clock, uh, obviously, that's when you crack open the beers and then enjoy the game and then half pay attention to the eight o'clock primetime game while looking at highlights and hot takes of my game that just finished <laughs> um, in primetime. Uh, it was hit or miss. If I broke out the grill, usually I would just use the oven to like cook some chicken or something. Like I didn't have like a set, like meal meal for a primetime game, but usually it would just, it would be some, it would be some hearty meat and then drinks. And then it's the primetime game. I mean, it's already enough energy, <laughs> Um, but nowadays, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm trying, I want to try to get that tradition back alive. Cause I've definitely not trying to sound all like sad. Whoa, is me. But like, I, <laughs> Sundays, usually I just get home from work quick, the quick fix something, have a single beer because I can't get that crazy before work on Monday. <laughs> but, but no, I'm ready to to reignite my tradition and rest assured I will probably not go to work on kickoff Sunday. And <laughs> I, I have it already in my mind. Like, uh, I've, I've, I've had to do it for the past couple of years. Like, okay, this year 
am I willing to work through some of the wild card in exchange for the division like I did this year? So like I just <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's weird, but that's what I have to do. That's what I've been dealing with. But no, nine out of ten times, usually on a Sunday, my grill is my grill is out. I have all the fun preppy stuff during the one o'clock game because they're usually terrible anyway. Uh, unless it's the Colts, then I try to pay attention a little bit because I we're in Indiana. I still got to pay attention to the Colts, but um. But no, I don't really have like that like elaborate of a of a thing. I don't even host Super Bowl parties anymore. I usually just end up going to them now, like uh, <laughs> like that like that infamous one that uh, you hosted that you had to escort me home to <laughs> to yes. make sure I made it home. <laughs> yes. Well, what Super Bowl was that? I forget. That was that was fifty. That was fifty because I screamed at the top of my lungs. Peyton won. <laughs> Yes, I, I do remember that uh, because my Super Bowl parties are pretty legendary with like jello shots and wings and all of that. And, you know, doing the every time a touchdown is scored, you do a jello shot, you know. So I remember Dan, Dan lived like right next door pretty much. And so he was passed out on my, it was a day bed. It wasn't even a couch. It was like a day bed that we had. And, you know, he was passed out. And I remember you know, my ex-girlfriend at the time was like, is he going to go home? <laughs> I was just like, yeah, let me just wake him up. You know, and uh, so I wake him up. And I'm like, Dan, you going to go home? It's, you know, it's, the game's <laughs> over. He's like, oh, yeah. And so I made sure because he was in a very inebriated, you know, position. Oh, my, ex, so, my ex was not happy that I got home at whatever time I did. <laughs> but no, I, I go out for Super Bowl parties, but on a, on a normal Sunday, like I'm going to try to do it. Um, I'm going to try to do it more this year. That little beach girl that I took to green Bay with us, break that out, cook some burgers. Um, uh, obviously we'll like, we'll, we play more four o'clock and eight o'clock games. So it doesn't, my work doesn't really affect it this year, thankfully, but, but yeah, no, okay. nothing, nothing like super crazy. All right, guys. Well, that sort of wraps up our 49ers talk. We are going to move to Jimmy B's long shots. Now, uh, Adam, if you're not familiar with the show, I'm Jimmy B. The 49ers have Jimmy G, but I'm Jimmy B because my last name begins with a B. So I'm Jimmy B, and I give out long shot odds on what to bet during the season throughout Throughout our time here, I've been giving out future bets because really that's the only thing to bet on. Uh, just so you know, guys, I'm not going to give you a parlay because I really suck on parlays. Um, I'm really good at predicting futures. That's where I generally win most of my money. Um, so I know this is not NFC West 49ers uh, probably bet that maybe you want to hear. But there's one thing I do know, and that's the NFC East. And so we are, I've been talking about how I've been waiting for exactas on the division to come out. Okay. Now, first of all, to give you a history lesson on the NFC East, uh, we haven't had a repeat champion since 2004. That's the last time we had a repeat champion in the NFC East. So, Knowing that, uh, Dallas finished first um, at the beginning of at the end of last season in the division. That makes them less likely to finish first at at the end of the season. So, if 
we say the second best team with the second best odds to win the division is the Eagles. And we're sort of throwing out the Giants in Washington. Uh, there's six bets that you could bet on for the exacta uh, and win money. Basically, if you bet on all six exactas. So uh, the only difference is, I remember I told you we were going to do equal bets along the exactas. Well, the primary exacta with the most odds to actually happen is plus 550. So what you will need to do if you are betting five, ten dollars, or whatever you're doing, uh, you will need to double your bet on the most likely exacta uh, than the other ones that you know have less odds. So, so first of all, the first exacta is the Eagles to finish first, Cowboys, Commanders, then Giants is at plus five fifty. So that's the one where you will double your bet and put on there. That way, if it hits you'll actually come out ahead even though you bet across the other ones. It's not a lot of money if you're betting 5 to $10, but honestly, if you have money to, to bet, you could do this. And I really think it's going to happen, but remember, bet responsibly. Don't go bet everything that you have. Now, how this works is now Philly, Dallas, then Giants, and Washington is plus 1,000. Uh, Philly, Washington, Dallas, Giants is plus 1,100. Phillies, Giants, Dallas, Washington is plus 2,800. Philly, Washington, Giants, Dallas is plus 5,000. And Philly, Giants, Washington, Dallas is plus 6,000. So the big hitters are Dallas, and Dallas finishing in last. Um, and, you know, that's to say that does happen. Maybe Dak Prescott gets injured uh, again and isn't on the team. Well, a $5 bet on... Dallas finishing last is either going to turn up a $250 or $300 payout if Philly finishes first as well. So that's where I look. Those are Jimmy B's long shot. Damn, Adam, I don't know what you have to say about him. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on him. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I think, I don't know. The, the way those numbers laid out, the, those odds sound about right. I think based on the the information you've given me and my own little just research throughout the offseason, it's going to be Eagles, Cowboys, uh, <clears throat> Commanders, Giants. Uh, that was number one, right? Yeah, that's the most likely outcome. That's plus 550. So that's, that's, really, that's really hard for me to see it any other way. I don't think the, the Giants did not do anything. They're not turning around. Washington is going to be competitive, but they're not – I. Mike McCarthy's a bad coach, but he's not that bad a coach. And you guys clearly are the most well-rounded team, and all four of you have the easiest schedules, so it's going to... I don't know. Those matchups between you and Dallas really are going to matter down the line, but for the purposes of this, I the way they're lined up, they sound, they sound right. It doesn't sound like Vegas is trying to make a stretch with anything. Definitely Vegas is definitely not making a stretch, but... You know, uh, in a division that where anything can happen year to year, year to year, um, you know, you just you just never know. And so I, you know, personally, like what I'm going to do is I'm going to bet ten dollars on the most likely outcome and then spread the other outcomes around uh, five dollar uh, on five dollar bets, being that's thirty five dollars, which Eagles finish first, Cowboys finish second, Commanders finish third, Giants finish um fourth 
that'll give me $55 on $35 worth of betting. I know that's not a lot, but for me, you know, if you're betting more money and have more money to bet and want to do that, that's, you can still get more of a payout if you do that. But you just, you just made me think, um, I have the horseshoe, I think it was called now horseshoes down near me. Cause I'm near, I don't know if I want to put that city on blast. Um, you know, the casino I'm talking about though. I don't know, Adam. Do you know? Yeah, I see you nodding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you, do you have one closer to you, up where you're at? So technically, it's like within eight miles up in Michigan. We're about the same. But oh, okay. The one by you only recently had humans. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was only computers, and I am not betting against a freaking computer on blackjack. So yeah. I didn't go for years, but now I I've gone a few times. Yeah, I. Like, I did go very recently, um, and we we went late enough. They weren't doing any horse races, but I mean, I would, I, I I love horse races. I know it's a controversial, but the animals. I you haven't gone to a horse race, um, <laughs> but but no, like knowing that I'm so close to there, even though I have all these apps too. Like James James has got the casino bug and the the betting bug in me. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some bets this year. But I was just that just got me thinking about the horseshoe. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah adam i don't know if you have any thoughts on that on anything so like honestly man it will happen the exact way that you said it i'm not an eagles fan but i i like what they did and the cowboys will turn into the cowboys and just be eh, and commanders will be competitive and the giants are bad and there's no like this is such an easy you know i, I the 49ers are my team but i do know plenty about every division and it's a no-brainer it's the eagles division to lose the cowboys will be eh the commanders are going to be around and the giants are bad and that's it so you already you already nailed it okay good 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 well uh that probably gives us uh, a little bit more time uh to ask one of the other funny questions that I had, and I to say if we have a, a fairly concise, uh, fun question, yeah, I think we have time for yeah. one last one. <laughs> one last question, it's a little bit fun. Okay, guys, what is your pop culture guilty pleasure? <laughs> you already know the answer to mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you go, you go first because I'm gotta think. Oh my god, um, god, what a great question to end on, not football related. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will, I, I I will probably say this to the day I die, unless I find something trashier that uh, I could like indulging in. But the original eight Charlie Sheen seasons of Two and a Half Men, I have Peacock. That's how I watched the the Joe Montana documentary for the show, and back in February when it aired, um, they have yeah. the rights to all Two and a Half Men. So damn right i watched all eight of the charlie sheen seasons right when i got peacock and i didn't watch the ashton kutcher ones because those don't exist in my mind they were terrible uh yeah. but no i i can't help it i i love the way chuck lorry and um i forgot the co-creator's name lee Aaron or lee aronson i love the way they wrote that show charlie and john's chemistry along with uh uh, Jake's the character. I forgot the actor. Agnes, Angus, Angus, Agnes. I don't remember. But the chemistry with the cast is amazing. It's that exact kind of raunchy humor that I love. I love crude, crude adolescent humor like that. And <laughs> I, I thought it was clever. I thought it was funny for that exact lane of crudeness, and it tickled my funny bone just right. I love Two and a Half Men. 
<laughs> what about you, Adam? What's your pop culture guilty pleasure? So the first thing, and I was looking around, I don't have any. I packed them in my bag for when I have my other podcasts at, at studios because I'm at home here. And I have a above average amount of pops. So I, I do have, too. <laughs> so here, so here's what I did. So I don't know if you can see, but um, there, my because I noticed uh, your Batman stuff uh, in the background. Oh, okay. There's, there, there's my Batman. I have been the biggest Batman fan forever, and the problem with that is. 2008 happened and Robert Downey Jr. and he crushed he single-handedly crushed DC and with one fell swoop of an Iron Man movie and it just took on this thing where Marvel is just insane now and I absolutely love those movies I'm not a hater but in order to like pay homage to my first love DC, even though I'll admit it's not as good as Marvel with what they've done. So I have almost every DC pop character that you can think of. And on purpose, I have no Marvel. <laughs> so, so that's my thing. And so from Aquaman to, you know, whatever it is, I have all these. And then I started because my buddy owns so I will tell you, Dan, you need to check out and I'm going to give a shout out to anyone in Indiana that listens to the show. Please check out the toy pit in Indianapolis. My best friend, Mike Schott, is the owner and he is from Fort Wayne and it started in his basement. And this place, I'm telling you guys, Google it. It is insane. He has every toy from... Ultra Magnus to GI Joe to what my buddy to all the eighties toys to star Wars to whatever. And he's got every pop you can think of. And I even got all the Ninja Turtles. Then Casey Jones, April O'Neil. Uh, I just have an insane amount and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I dude, I, I have a desktop, my computer, my camera's built into it, so I can't turn around and show you the pops I have. But why I left the chat for 10 seconds was because I do have a shelf over there with a lot of them. I I wish my cap was there. My cap's upstairs, but I did run over and grab my little... My, I have one of those, too. I bought that for my mom. I have a I, Jimmy. For, I bought one, yeah. The only thing this th one doesn't do is Cap's helmet pops off which I think was kind of cool, but I mean, it's still like, I love that he's on the grass cause cap's not on grass either, but no, I have, I mean, Oh yeah. You see my, uh, my double sized, uh, Baymax back there. I, yeah. I have an obnoxious amount of pop pictures too. <laughs> well, uh, Adam, I don't know if you can see that picture behind me and what it is, um, uh, that you see on there, but that is Batman's last supper. That is a rendition of, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, sure. Last Supper, but it has Batman, where Jesus Christ is, and gotcha. it has all the villains from Batman oh, okay. around gotcha. it. 
Ooh, yeah, bear okay. with me for two seconds. I got my sister. Oh, I just had my birthday uh, a couple weeks ago, and I forgot to frame this until literally two days ago. But my sister, uh, she oh. got me. She got me this, and I didn't have a frame for it until uh, Sunday. So, and then That's solid. Oh yeah. See, like I got, I got Batman there. I got a couple Batman picks, and then the one on the wall that you see above. Above the uh, shelf, that is Abbey Justice. And so that is Batman on the famous cover of the Beatles' Abbey Road. Um, stopping the Joker, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman. I love that how this has turned into show and tell. This is great <laughs> podcasting. <you> <laughs> that's what's up. Batman. Oh, I love oh, it. That's, that's cool. My... Listeners, the picture I held up was just uh, a, it looks like a watercolor uh, rendition of Heath Ledger's Joker face. Yeah, super cool. Love yeah. it. Uh, well, guys, uh, I think that's about the end of our show. Um, uh, unless, you, unless, Dan, do we have any 49ers news that has been as broken since we, uh, since we did started the show? Um, I... And pulling up the 49ers specific tab on uh, what used to be Roto World and uh, is now NBC Sports Edge. And I'm going to put Spectrum on blast. We're going slow. Uh, no, there's a little blurb about uh, we're going to deploy a running back by committee approach. Shocker. We've always done that. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, no there, there wasn't anything. I was just going through Twitter. There's nothing really. The only okay. thing I did see that is worth of that is worth note. Um, Danny Amendola, 13-year vet, Dolphins, Patriots, Lions, uh, Texans last year. I think that covers all of his teams. But uh, yeah, Danny Amendola hanging up the cleats, and I hated that he played for the Evil Empire. But um, I mean, and he it, was cut by the Eagles. There's yeah. <laughs> he was undrafted by uh, Dallas because he was on Hard Knocks too. Um, that's right. I forgot he was on Dallas. But the uh, poor man's uh, Wes Welker. Yeah, there's there's few players that played with the, the kind of grit that he had though. The the fact that he had, he's basically my size and he stuck around the league for 13 years. I mean, yeah. that's that's that Super Bowl that you ended up winning. He was dominating that game. I remember um, he he was the best offensive weapon they had that game on the Pats. And even though they still didn't pull it off, which I'm glad they didn't. But, but no, I Danny well, he, he, he was good. He was good in the first half because I just watched the Super Bowl again because I watched Super Bowl <laughs> two, you know, at least, you know, once a month. And so um, Danny Amendola was great in the first half, but the second half was all about Gronk. That was that, they right. were just feeding Gronk in that second half. But yeah, Danny Amendola, I'm glad I'm glad he didn't take out his revenge and win the Super Bowl against the Eagles because the Eagles cut him so long ago. Um, yeah, I mean, congrats on honestly, 13 years at any position and at, at any position like reserve starter. I you're in the league for 13 years. You had a hell of a career, man. I hope you enjoy retirement. Yeah. Yeah, and I I'd like to give a shout out to the NFL for keeping very good under guards about their NFL Plus package. Like <laughs> I have, I have been anxious for the last week at finding out what the NFL Plus package was going to be. 
And literally, you know, I thought NFL Game Pass was going to go away from all the news reports that I had been reading. Um, I tried to get a little insider information as to if we were going to be able to see recorded games on NFL Plus. They wouldn't release anything until today. And I found out there's NFL Plus and there's NFL Plus Prime. So um, you will still be able to see recorded games uh, like Game Pass, except uh, you'll get it with NFL Plus, which will allow you to watch live games on mobile devices and things like that. Um, you know, they just basically and, absorb Game Pass. Yeah, they just absorb Game Pass, and like I think you can get NFL Plus for five bucks and NFL Plus Prime for eighty dollars for the year. Uh, five is five bucks a month for NFL Plus and eighty dollars for the year if you want NFL Plus Prime. Which, yeah, that's what it, that's what it is. That gets all the recorded games. So fi- oh, I was gonna say to finish your sentence, uh, we will very likely be splitting. So yes. <laughs> Yes, we, Dan and I will be splitting that. That way I can watch the 49ers game after watching the Eagles game on Sunday Ticket. And um, that way I can be in the know about the 49ers. Um, Adam, did you have any final last words? Hey, just want to say thanks uh, to you guys for having us on. We'll definitely have you guys on when we get rolling and would love to check in, you know, periodically with you guys. Definitely want to keep up with you guys and uh just it's always good to get with other fans and it's like a it's like a family and james i definitely appreciate you kind of taking the reins on something that you're not as passionate about but you see the passion in other people and so that's really cool that you're able to do that with your friend here and that's very commendable and mad respect to you guys and uh just again thank you for um having me on and uh definitely looking forward to stay in touch and uh fly eagles fly and uh go niners <laughs> okay yeah, so thank, before, thank you so much for coming on man thank you for coming on adam and just so you know guys be prepared for an emergency jimmy Dree trade or release uh podcast um that at least at this rate <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want to follow it, if you want to subscribe to us on Patreon and get instant access or get specific Patreon gear, you're going to go to patreon.com backslash Niner Nuts um, to get either exclusive me- merchandise for sign up. Plus, you can get guest appearances on the show if you would like with that gear. Uh, but if you want to just go $5 a month or any dollars a month, Uh, You can get instant access to the show. We record on Mondays. Uh, You'll get it as soon as it drops from Dan, and it's edited straight to your your Apple account or Spotify account uh, if you don't want to wait till Wednesday. Follow us on our Facebook page, uh, at Niner Nuts. Same for Twitter, at Niner Nuts. If you have any questions or you you want to give us a review, that you can't leave on Spotify or any other little listening platforms, just email us at 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. If you write a review and give a five-star rating, we will read every five-star review on the air. Uh, Go to uh, bonfire.com for our official merchandise currently right now. All our merchandise sales from bonfire.com will go to uh, human trafficking recovery centers in the D.C. area because we are still 
pushing for Dan Snyder to be voted out of the NFL. Um, and I'd also like to thank you guys for getting us to a thousand Twitter followers. Um, and if you would like exclusive Patreon gear for free, we are running a contest where if you go to our pinned tweet on Twitter, if you retweet it, follow us and like the tweet, you'll be entered in into a contest in which you can get the exclusive Patreon gear, which is a t-shirt of your choice and a coffee mug. Uh, we like to thank our sponsor, Daniel Mayer and Mayer Creative for creating our logo. Uh, we like to thank all of you guys uh, for listening to Niner Nuts and outro music, River Road by Justin Mew. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.